0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers
1: Podcast. I'm Cody, and I am Jerry, the King Lawler's divorce lawyer.
0: <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 there's no words for that. I, I'll just, I'll just let that simmer, let that marinate. Everybody can just think about what they want to think about after that one. But aside from that, we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We have another guest on the show. We're getting more guests left and right, and we're so thankful to have more people on the show. But this is take this as a learning experience for all of you people that listen to the show, that maybe this is your first time getting into professional wrestling, or maybe you've never gotten the opportunity to hear the the behind-the-scenes from an actual wrestler that's on the independent scene. So take this as a learning opportunity from all these guests that are coming on the show. But with that, it is my pleasure to introduce our guests for the show today. We have the anointed one. Logan Stevens. Logan, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's an honor to have you here.
2: Man, thank you all so much, man. It's a blessing and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So,
0: I guess we can just get started off with just introducing yourself to our fans. Like tell us about yourself, how you got into professional wrestling, like just give us a little rundown of who you are.
2: Um, I said like I said, I'm the North 1 Logan Stevens. Uh this year coming up in October will be 18 years. I've been wrestling. Um, I got into wrestling originally, like, way back in the day, like all of us did, as a fan, as a kid. Um, and if you want to go into all the, like, how I got started, like, got started, got started, got started training and stuff like that, you know, that was around when I was, like, 17 years old, uh, small town in South Georgia, and uh, took my first bumps. I was a 135-pound kid and fell in love with it, uh, the inside the ring part, and hadn't stopped. Wow. So, these are eight. So what would you meters.
1: say? So, when, when did you start watching wrestling? Who were, who? what, uh, what era? Who were who are, who are your big, uh, who are the ones that you were rooting for early on? And, uh, and then of course, we always ask our guests, uh, about their Mount Rushmore.
2: Okay. So, I actually have like vivid memories of Ric Flair's blonde hair as young as. Uh, and like I'd have to date it all the way back to like I was probably like three or four years old, and it's not like I really remember that. It's like I just have a vivid memory of that. But the time that I really, really got into wrestling was around ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, into the oh, um, into you know the NWO, and my parents only allowed us to watch WCW, especially in the Attitude Era. Um, yep. We were not allowed allowed to watch DX and all that gimmick, like that. So um, that's really when I really got into it and fell in love with you know guys like. Um, now, my favorite all-time favorite has always been Sting. Um, nice. Like, to me, he's just like – I just absolutely like – I mean, the face paint, all that stuff, Super Sting back in the day. I think he was all our – the age group. He was most of our heroes. Um, but then as I got into it, I started falling in love with guys like Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, the Cruiserweights basically. Mm-hmm. Um okay. The guys that were like Kurt Henning and also the, uh, the guys that are real technical. Yeah. Um, William Regal became one of my favorites uh, over time. I think so. Guys like that, I really, really love.
0: Oh, and and yeah.
2: to, to go, go along with a uh, um, Mr. Uh, Lawler's divorce lawyer over there. Uh, um, <laughs> I absolutely now that I know more and got into wrestling and started studying the history of wrestling um, in the Memphis territory. Like Jerry King Lawler is one of the all time greats. And oh, absolutely, just, hands down. Just hearing him, hearing him cut a promo or just watching him throw a punch is like to me, is like one of the most great things to see.
1: Oh, fantastic wrestler, fantastic promoter, fantastic character. Uh, yeah. The Memphis wrestling style has pervaded throughout the modern era. Uh, mm-hmm. And I so say he, he was uh, integral into that. So now we, we jest and we jive, but we always give respect. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you and I actually got started in wrestling around the same time. And, and it's funny, you know, you say, you know, parents didn't let you watch WWF. I would uh, I'd watch WCW, and then when uh, when it was safe, you know, the doors were closed. I'd switch over to WWF. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, in '95 and '96, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It didn't really start getting no. to the point where where I had to turn the volume down until '97 to make sure that I didn't get in trouble for for watching with with yeah. DX. But
2: uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know what's
1: great about that time was the you know at that time, you know I, I want to say like a '98 ish when wcw went to three hours
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so it would be at least an hour before raw mm-hmm. would even start mm-hmm. and so you had that guaranteed hour of watching wcw before you even switched over to wwf and mm-hmm. uh that first hour was where you they would showcase the pretty much the best wrestlers that's oh, yeah. when they would showcase the cruiserweights and milenko and and Benoit and you know, everybody who, you know, was a really great worker. And you know, the the million dollar club would come on later, later in the night.
2: <laughs> yeah. I always like that that same like you're talking about where the uh they would show the low carter or the mid-carters, you know, the guys like that that actually are like the the I know they may not be the top draws, but they're the foundation there. And that's what sucked me into it. And mm-hmm. and a lot of two parents, we always had, you know, a. Uh, street bedtime so sometimes that one hour Dutch Doug is all i got so i was yep. grateful for that one hour because oh, that's I, just... I, def-
1: I definitely would turn the lights on like i said i'd keep the volume just low enough that the folks couldn't hear it down the hallway so i could watch war zone but yeah. I, I every once in a while they'd bust in and then you know i would
2: just well we how i used to watch it too is uh, a lot of wrestling is um written vhs's back in the day And I know that's kind of dating ourselves a little bit, but um, that's how I would uh, because I I would go to my um, uh, my my father's house and I on the weekends, like every other weekend, and he would let me and my brother over there. That we would rent VHSs and watch wrestling around the clock all weekend long, and that's what we did. And that's 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 mainly how I got into the early WWF stuff
0: before the Attitude Mm -hmm. Era is because of VHSs. That's that's crazy because just being able to talk to people from my point of view, because I got into wrestling just a little bit later, like early to mid two thousands or so. So it was a totally different time period for me, but that's the great thing I love about when we get to have interviews like this with people that have gotten into wrestling in different stages of their life, but you get to see people's likes and dislikes and see all the different sides of it from different time yeah. periods, but yeah. kind of I, I remember watching
1: that. VHS tapes, VH- VHS tapes is how I got uh, ECW for the very first time. Cause yeah. I didn't even know ECW was a thing until I went over to a buddy's house and I was talking about pro wrestling and he was like, you want to see something cool. And of course, you know, <laughs> at that age, like, <laughs> I don't know what he's about to show me, but yeah, I didn't want to see something cool.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so he pushed yeah.
1: the VHS tape in and yeah. it was, you know, ECW because at that time ECW came on even, I mean, I think it came on like after midnight. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so i remember the first time i saw ecw was on a vhs tape yeah and you know what's crazy it's just that it's so many professional like in the world of professional wrestling the old uh you know trading tapes uh culture mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's mm-hmm. it, you know it's not tapes anymore but it, it's still very much alive and well that's like how many times is this, you see the first you know somebody because somebody else shows them to you that you have
2: no idea that they even exist right. yeah. like like i was i was talking with Somebody recently is like we talked about how, how back then you had to actually hunt wrestling down too. you know, mm-hmm. yes, you could watch what come on TV every Monday or Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. Uh, and some Saturdays, of course, but you had to actually if we want to see stuff, especially outside the mainstream stuff, you really had to hunt it down. And like in like in my household, I now everybody was a wrestling fan, but I was the only super wrestling fan. So Same. like. So I was the only I, wrestling
1: fan in my house. Everybody in my family ridiculed me and jibed me for liking professional wrestling. <laughs> my, the only time my brothers actually uh, participate is when they saw the opportunity to, th- you know, throw me into the ground and, you know, <laughs> crush my head in.
2: Yep. Our, our we were on the trampoline doing battle royals, but <laughs> oh yeah, all
0: the time.
1: I did a moonsault on my brother. He was not expecting it one day, and yeah, he likes to tell that story all the time.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the three sitting there
1: watching it, and then I went off the couch. Yeah,
0: the the, the three sixty degree netting around our trampoline did not last long at all. I can remember that. Oh, I remember we never, vivid, had, it. Can remember <laughs> we never because, had
1: the net. We never had the netting. If you if you fell off, off you fell off. Yeah. yeah, our first
0: our first one had no netting whatsoever. But the second one because they wanted it to be a little more safer. Me and my cousin were wrestling on it one time. I can remember this vividly. I was leaning up against it, acting like I was up against the ropes, and he came to spear me, and we both went right through it onto the grass. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm kind and, of a little. Go ahead. That's right. I was gonna say because uh, John alluded to this earlier, but uh, like one of the things we always ask our guests is like, who would you put as your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling? I know you alluded to Sting being one of your favorites, but who would you consider just your your personal Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Mm, yeah, it's really
2: hard for me to to really choose that. And and I was I was actually about to add to our like our fandoms is as I've gotten older, I've got into the history of pro wrestling a lot, and I've looked into a lot of their greats that. um of course, because of, you know, modern days, you don't really hear from them because you actually got to look them up, you know, right. and just listen to stories of guys from the, you know, the 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s and all. And, um, and it's made me appreciate wrestling even more. Yeah. Also, too, is just knowing where it come from. Um, like I even found clips not so long ago. Not I didn't clips. It was um, reviews or whatever, or articles, or whatever. Talking about wrestling from, you know, as early as 1890. Um, of course, wrestling wasn't the same. <laughs> you know, it was a lot different product back then, obviously. Right. But it still, it was, it's like, wow, this is, it's cool. I didn't realize, you know, it, like the specific one I got in my head now was in um 1893, I believe, and it was, it was from the Portland territory. It was the first wrestling official wrestling match I ever had in Portland, Oregon. And I just come across, I was like, wow, it, I knew it was in the teens and the twenties, but I didn't know it was even before 1900. But um for I guess because of our fandom age group and stuff like that, it'd be sting. Um, I'd have to put Rick Flair on there. Um, oh, it's kind of tough. Um, I'm trying to. And sometimes I try to think I have to take my business side out of it because being a wrestler too, I have, you know, look at it as a fan as well. Right. And I mean, so I'd have to put Hogan in there because I mean, I still got my Hulk Hogan. Um, um pillowcases and all that gimmicks from back in the day <laughs> i i my hulk hogan uh sleeping bag you can't tell it's hulk hogan no more but i know what's there so right um um and then after that i guess because of what wrestling became in the attitude era um it's kind of hard to really choose um but we are all austin fans so yeah i, mean, I was totally there now now that that's as a um I guess it's the fan and stuff like it, but at, at, then on the flip side, I have to do a second one. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The um, I I still I had to put like Jericho, Dean Stephen Regal, um, uh, I mean, and then probably Henning. What do I? Yeah. Because of the tech. So that be your
1: workers. That would be your workers. Yes. Mount Rushmore versus right. your yeah. characters. Mount Rushmore. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've exactly. gone through that with people all the time because, and that's what makes the Mount Rushmore so hard because, you know, as you get deeper and deeper in the weeds of professional wrestling, the, there's a big differentiation between a lot of different aspects of the business. And you know, we have this conversation with, with non-professional wrestling fans all the time because, you know, even people who are self-proclaimed not professional wrestling fans are fans of of professional wrestling mm-hmm. to some degree exactly you'll get the you'll get the hulk hogan the stone cold mm-hmm. steve austin the rock the undertaker uh you know rick flair like you'll get those characters who, who you know you'll the character them. itself has pervaded yeah. the business and you know as as kids and as you know, as people who have watched you know from from a young age to to in growing up and being adults you know, we've got characters that have stuck with us, and then of course we've got new people that have come into our 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 ethos. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as you as you get more and more into the weeds of things, you also start thinking, okay, well, I love this character, but they're not necessarily like the best wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like they're not yep. the best worker And You have like to look at it then- too.
2: Sometimes I talk with guys, and I talk like guys which I train and stuff like that too, and I talk about the era and then the specific territory. You know, cause yeah. You got to sometimes put that into, you know, a perspective because, like mentioned, Jerry uh, King Lawler is, you know, in the Memphis territory from 74 all the way through the, you know, to the 80s and which it was still going into the 90s. I know they wasn't drawing as well into the 90s, but from he was a top draw for years and they, you know, sold out the Memphis uh, Coliseum for every Monday night for years. And, Jerry you know, King
1: Lawler was on the Tonight Show. You know, like the the angle with Andy Kaufman was that was a that was you know at a time before syndication that was a Mm -hmm. national news story. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. and then I mean,
2: and like Dusty Rose was huge in Florida before he was you know Mm -hmm. Dusty Rose and you know on Dave Crockett territory before that. You know he was huge star in Florida, and and like I also mentioned this sometimes to my guys and uh, see if y'all catch it um, because we'll talk about old older older stuff you know traditional and uh, territory stuff and like. I said, you know, there's you know, there's guys out there like Sterling Golden, you know. Don't no one know me. Y'all know who Sterling Golden was? That name sounds Not familiar, sure. but
0: I'm I'm trying to I'm drawing a blank right that, now.
2: That was Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. So, oh, you know, so like he you got, go back and <laughs> he
1: cut he cut his teeth in, in, in uh in Florida as well. Under yeah, he uh, went that
2: was in the Tennessee territory when he was Sterling Golden. Um was it? Yes, sir. he was uh the um um at one point, he was the Southern Champion for um, the Fuller's territory, and, gotcha. uh, and the, but yeah. he was on, but I just always drop names because you know the because ter- everybody's got also worked their way up too, you know. And but like I said, he was dr- you know the main inventor then before he was even Hulk Hogan, right? And that's when you put into perspective of all the the territories and the and you like you go out to Amarillo and you got Defontes who are legends, of course. And right. then you got yeah, the, to talk the, about the funks and the Nebriscos in Georgia, you know, in, in Florida where you know they're basically gods in wrestling, you know. To and in those areas, to those fans, no one was better. Right. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. We're actually uh, that's it's cool that you're talking about that because uh, something with, that Cody and I have talked about doing on the show, uh, you know, we'll probably need to do it sooner than later. Now, could just this conversation is just is is. Getting me fired up is is talking about older wrestling and mm-hmm. wrestling that modern day fans, you know, they might hear someone like a Stone Cold talk about Harley Race or a Terry mm-hmm. Funk or Jet, you know, or Dory Funk. Then, you know, because Mick Foley will talk about Funk, you know, Stone Cold talks about Harley. You've got different people talking about, you know, the, you know, some of the shows have talked about the Tales from the Territories. You know, but there's just yeah, there's it's it's unfortunate. There's kind of like uh, a lot of legendary wrestlers. You've got a couple of them that kind of have pervaded through history, but you've got a lot mm-hmm. of really great ones too that seem to be losing their namesake in the modern era of wrestling, and it's 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 a it's a tragedy because I don't think anybody should ever forget the Funks or Harley Race.
0: No, and, and then and thing along like, with that is that uh-huh. with. Cause we've talked about how there's different styles of wrestling and not with just like British strong style and new Japan or luchador, but even within Mm -hmm. the States with all the different territories, Mm -hmm. you have Memphis style wrestling, Florida, like, like there's all these different places within the territories that have their own different style of wrestling. So when you look at it deeper,
1: every, every territory had different style of wrestling, different style of promos, different style of booking, you know, different style of wrestlers that they promoted, you know, like you go up to the, the AWA and it was all, you know, legit athletes, you know, Mm -hmm. football guys and former actual wrestlers that they were trying to turn into, you know, then you got, you know, Florida, you got, you got stuff down in Florida where they take someone, you know, like, uh, (laughs) you know, like you got your JYDs and uh, you got your Dusty Rhodes and people who don't necessarily look like uh, Mm -hmm. the greatest professional wrestlers, but they, they could talk, like, they could entertain in the ring, and they'd get the fans behind them better than anybody else.
2: Right. Yeah, like, I know the, the JYD uh, vice thing just happened, and a lot of people don't realize how super over he was in the Louisiana territory. Absolutely. Yeah, super and, over uh, in,
1: in the deep south in, you know,
2: the time how where. Much, how much money he, he drew and how much money he made before, like, he was with WWF, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even realize that. So, because, you know, those stories are not really told. And, and if they are told, you you it's less like it, if you're a fan of that stuff, if it's stuff you like, you'll learn about it. But a lot of people just don't really look into it. They may talk about it and they may talk like they know what they're talking about, but at the same time, they've never actually done any research, so they really don't know what's going on out there or what right. happened yeah,
1: yeah, and it's just one of those things It's like, as time's gone on, it's just gotten less and less. Like, I remember, and you might remember this, too, because, like I said, you you said you watched during the 95, 96, you know, time. Because they really didn't do it once the Attitude Era kicked in. But, like, near the end of what we would call, like, the new era, like, before Sean lost his smile uh, and all that, you know, came out crotch chopping. Uh, you know, they we would – you'd be – WWF would be in a, a city – and they would recognize the former promotions, former promoters, mm-hmm. and you know they they'd have people come out, and you know they had the Ganya's come out, you know when they were in their territory, and they had um, the Sam Must, the Sam Muchnick's, you know, come out when they were in their territory, and and acknowledge them and acknowledge you know their contributions, and you know of course like I don't think WWE like I, don't, I wouldn't say they. Wa- whitewash it or they like they don't or that they're you know covering it because they definitely with the with the WWE network before it went over to Peacock they they highlighted quite a bit of yeah. old territory videos and stuff. But you know I definitely think there's always kind of a narrative that that it's always been WWF, WWF, yeah. WWE, and you know, like we have to acknowledge Crockett because it became WCW and they beat us yeah. for so many. <laughs> but they don't you know they 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 really don't do anything to really push the 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 history of outside promotions that weren't you know.
2: I've said this they like they might push it sometimes, but they put their own spin and their own narrative on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So where they there. they tell enough of the story uh, um, that needs to be said or or what they want to be that gets their point across, and that's basically it. But there'll be you know holes uh, all throughout it that's like hey, there's a lot missing here you know, yeah. so, and, and it's, that's, I mean, I mean, that's just one thing, I know, like, you are talking about in the 90s, they would do shows, like, cow shows, they bring in special guests, special guest, there's and stuff like that, and they bring in someone that was over in that town that would, you know, that would, had to have been a legend or something like that, too, and that was a draw, that's what they done it for, of course, to draw a wow. house, and to put more eyes on the product, obviously, so, I mean, I would have done it too, so, but, but like I said, you know, they got into the, when they started making the whole DVDs and, and they're doing other shows and stuff, but, you know, they're, they're telling their story, you know, mm-hmm. their version of it. So that's, right. that's, that's one thing I wish that some of the stuff could, you know, there are other documentaries out there, but they're not that big. They're not as well known. So a lot of people don't, they just don't know. Cause it's not
0: like it's, you can go to the network and bring it up. Right. Yeah. And kind of talking with uh, WWE, with how professional wrestling is now with uh, the main televised shows being WWE and AEW in mm-hmm. your opinion like which product do you feel is bringing the best in in what you would consider like either maybe more wrestling or more entertaining storylines or whatever it may be which product of the two main televised shows do you think is bringing the best
2: so okay so one i don't uh, um what like follow follow every detail but i follow enough to see what's going on right um but i will say this in my, my personal opinion every time that i watch the two and you know and and the difference in the two WWE sticks out still they're not only not only their production but they it just the engineering product looks more professional um that's as as a whole there now there may be some stuff that's better like there are some better athletes and some some guys that are great, great wrestlers to me on on AEW, um, but to me, like WWE as a whole, you know, if you if you was to sit it and you look at the whole picture, I think WWE is still the the best one out right. of both of those two. That's see, just, we, and that's my opinion, right? You know, and and not everybody has that same opinion, and I understand that because some people oh. like AEW's style better, and I understand that. So, well,
0: see, and that's the thing that we talk about a lot of because I mean, with yeah, know, we go WWE, back and forth. Yeah, you have WWE, you have AEW, then you have Ring of Honor and Impact and New Japan. But with all these different... Te- well, we say televised, but they have their own way of, uh, for viewership. Like, you mm-hmm. can go on uh, Ring of Honor and get a membership from there, and same thing with Impact, which I think they're working out a deal where... Uh, I don't remember what the program is that they're running their channel through, but with WWE... Like him? Yeah. With WWE, Impact it's more is, entertainment. Um, Impact is on... Also, they have a show weekly on... Um,
2: is it um, what's it uh, uh access? I think, um, right? Yeah, like so, yeah, they, they like didn't really quickly, so. yeah, and then there's also uh, major league Wrestlings out there too, um, right? MLW, yes, um, they, they're they have a platform out there too. This and um, but far as the tippity top top, and I guess. Sh- if you want it in America, it would be of course WWE, AEW, and uh, but if you want to go worldwide, you can launch, you put in New, J- New Japan too. I still feel that WWE product from just top to bottom is yeah. is better, and it's also a little bit easier to follow, right. I think as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, well, I think you I
1: mean, say WWE definitely has uh, you know when it comes to production and the the system itself, you know, like having an outline, like they have the template. you know, they've had the template for many, many, many years Mm -hmm. and they have the structure and they have pacing a lot that I've talked about this a lot. Uh, If you go back and and listen to some of our uh, previous podcasts, you know, one of my biggest frustrations with AEW is, is pacing. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times it's, you know, watching their show can be like drinking water from a fire hose. (laughs) <laughs> They're just trying to do too much, too quick. They don't let things breathe, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the story storytelling in the ring, like you've got a lot of wrestlers in AEW who are really good at telling a story over 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but they don't really have the ability to tell a story in five
2: minutes. Uh uh-huh. I understand that. Right. And yeah. So,
1: you know, you get a lot of AEW matches that run long and you know, they're good matches, but when you've got 10 minute match, 10 minute match, 15 minute match, 20 minute match, you know, it I just, it gets a thing, little it, it's a little tiring. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of stupid shoot matches that happen in 30 seconds, but you know, I, I will say there's a time and a place for a five minute yeah. match and then a twenty minute match, and not every minute you know, not every match needs to be over ten minutes.
2: As a as a worker too, um And I'm not trying to like at all on any work crap on shoot on any work or any product, anything at all. No. Sometimes I watch certain matches and I'm in with AEW and it's like, I see certain spots that are done. I'm like, Oh, I bet that hurt. And, and, and one sticks out my mind, but I can't remember who the workers were. So forgive me. But I just remember watching the spot that done. I was like, Oh, that looked completely unsafe. I would not be surprised if that worker was hurt. And then like later that day, there was a, 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 Thing on my phone. of uh, uh, I think I seen it through Facebook, where that worker dislocated their shoulder in that spot. It's like, and I see a lot of that stuff, and it seems like they they're just slightly dangerous. And I say slightly because wrestling already is. It's going to hurt regardless. <laughs> I mean, right? You know, we we get beat up regardless. So, it, but it's
1: funny you say that because uh, I just read an article that came out a couple days ago that Tony Khan and I guess some of the corporate people had sent down an edict. And of course, there's all there's always been, you know, ban I, I guess I guess AEW, you know, they they probably never talked about it before, but now they've talked about it. And so the article came out of straight up moves that are banned.
0: I saw this. Oh, okay. Oh, moves and oh. things
1: that are that they have to go to Tony Khan to get approval in order to have them in the match. And I yeah. think that, you know, I say like, over the last couple of years. They've had some storylines and they've had some things that they've had to put on hold or just scrap entirely because, yeah, just like you said, there's been some wrestling that hasn't quite been um, fine-tuned the right way it needs to be done. Yeah. And you've got guys that are doing things that are unnecessarily unsafe.
2: Yeah. Well, like, it, So in wrestling, just like last night I had a match and we, we did a, a, a spot in – the cutoff was for me to get punched and the guy was a lot bigger than me. He's like six, four and you know, I'm five, seven. So obviously he's, you know, and jacked up dude. And when he punched me, he, he laid it in and I, which I was expected to be laid in, but he caught me just right. And it caught my ear and I seen stars for a second. And I say like, that stuff happens already. And I, I was not hurt, but I, that could, you know, that's just like, okay, my bell is wrong for a few seconds and I had to flip myself. So what I'm trying to say is like, uh, stuff happens where we do get hurt automatically. But when you do certain moves that you know, like, hey, this is most likely not going to end well, I, I, I feel like some of that stuff is, is cringeworthy and it just really shouldn't be done for the safety of the wrestlers. But also, you know, Tony Khan and them, they they, they got money invested into a product and, and stuff like that. And you, the wrestlers are what's got to present that product. Since so they're yeah. all hurt or half of them are hurt, no one's out there to present that product for for the fans. So, right. and again, it's already a dangerous enough business. And I don't understand why guys want to do stuff where they land on their head constantly, <laughs> you know, and well, you know, that's just the same, same, in same general, mentality. But.
1: I think it's the same mentality we have when we watched it and we were jumping around our own houses, you know, it's uh yeah. we're fans. No, no, you know, yeah. I, I have a job that I go to every day and I, I make my, I go to that job because it pays well. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a little kid dreaming about being a business executive
2: yeah you know i didn't dream
1: about going into conference rooms and sitting at a table for an hour and a half and you know putting on powerpoint presentations (laughs) i did dream about being a professional wrestler and i think there's there's a lot of people especially younger you know more fired up early 20s guys you know this is their dream and they're living their dream and more power to them but of course it's like uh you know a young 20 year old guy he wants to he wants to get everything in. He wants you yes. know, he wants to be the best there is. So he thinks I got to go out there and give 110% at every single match. It doesn't matter if there's 5 people in the arena or 500. Mm-hmm. And uh you know I like listening to the Foley's pod you know podcast cuz you get to hear from the the king of 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 talking about it after the fact.
2: <laughs> and doing it. Yeah. You know cuz like
1: he did all that stuff and people told him to slow down all the time and he didn't listen and you know that's how he became Mick Foley. I mean, that's how Mick Foley became, you know, who yeah. he is. Right. Uh, but of course, like yeah. I say, he, you know, he took so many bumps and he had to retire sooner in life because he took a lot yeah. of bumps. And and even he 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 goes on and talks about how he learned in the business, like, yeah, there's only a hundred people in the crowd, not to take away from the show because you want to give everybody mm-hmm. a great show. But I don't need to fall from the apron and land on the back of my head. Yeah. On concrete for a hundred people. Let's save that for a bigger show with a bigger payoff, and I only do it every so often, as opposed to every time I'm out there.
2: You know, it's there's also a difference in when you're making a lot of money. You know, Mm -hmm. and it is a big show. Like, you know, if it is a WrestleMania, go all out. Mm -hmm. It'll be safe, but go all out. Understandable because it's a big stage it's the biggest stage in the, the world of wrestling. So, and it's, you're probably gonna get your biggest payoff at one time than you've ever had. So I understand that. But when you're working in a crowd and there's like six and a half people, there might be some of those spots you just don't need to do like save or maybe the net show that it, it, it draws some more people. And yeah. the one thing I do have a uh, one perspective of with the whole, what well, guys that go out there and they just kill it and just do whatever is I've always said, if they're having fun, they're enjoying themselves. No one's getting hurt. Okay, you know, go have fun. That's what you. That's what you. Uh, this is what you dream of doing. Go do it. Have fun. Just don't hurt yourself, and don't hurt your opponent, and don't yeah. hurt a fan. You know, just but have fun. You know, so, so that's that's one thing. If you live in your dream, by all means, because there's people out there that love doing it, and there's people out there that love watching it, and people that love watching that kind of thing, they're going to watch it. So. Go do it, and I have nothing like negative really say about it. Other than, I just watch it. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that spot hurt. Yeah, he might feel that a little bit, or right. you know. So that, that's that's the smaller thing is don't get hurt, you know, because right. already <laughs> we take you know we take bumps, and then I think it's Cornett that said that, and I don't know if there was an actual study done or not. I don't really know, but I think he said like they said taking a bump is like getting hit by a car going like 30 miles an hour, you know. That's equivalent of like the pressure we put on our bodies constantly. I don't know if that's legit because I've never been hit by a car 30 miles an hour, but I took a bunch of bumps and I know how it feels. I know how it feels now at 35 compared to when I was 20. I know the difference. So like, I know that, you know, we got that bump card and eventually you don't punch it one last time and that's it. Right. So try not to use it all up in the
0: first two years of your career. Exactly. so what I want to kind of talk about in like the last couple of questions on here. In the eighteen years that you've been in wrestling, now you're uh, one of the coaches. I guess you could say coaches of a place called the Sweat Academy. How mm-hmm. did that yes. begin? Because now you're starting to train young hopefuls that are wanting to get into the business. Like when did that start?
2: So the the actual the Sweat Academy um, it started. I'm trying to think of. Did it set. To, well, technically speaking, we're at a year mark now from the organ, like all the stuff being organized. So, um, in our first class, I guess we officially opened doors. I guess at like in September. So we're it, So we're basically at the year mark now. Um, but uh, To, uh, I don't know if I can't remember Cody, if you ever met To or not. I can't remember uh if he was near there there on the, some days we we're there or not. But um, To he he's he's um he's the one to kind of put everything together and got the building over in Albany and all that stuff like that. Got the, the ring and whatnot, what have you. And went on and went on with it. And um, st- hit me up and we talked about it. I was like, "Hey, I." He's like, "I would love you for you to come train." I was like, "Yes." I, you know, I have kind of dabbled in that here and there, um, and also worked with guys, of course, before shows, the day of shows, and worked with guys in the ring during during matches and all. Um, but I feel like too, you know, I like training for one myself. Um, and getting the next generation ready is is a cool thing, and also like, it was my dream to do it. And I know for a fact, I was told I couldn't do it at points in my career and points before I started, you know, so, you know, it's a cool thing. It's a blessing to be able to help the next person try to achieve their dream, you know, whether it may be wrestling, being a wrestler, referee, a manager, ring announcer, if they just want to just be behind the scenes and run production and start a podcast one day, but they need to know something, you know, anything that could help a guy or a gal live their dream. I'm all for it.
0: Right. Because I actually got to and I talked to John about this. I got to train with you and with some of the other guys there at the Sweat Academy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And anybody that thinks that going into training in professional wrestling is easy, you have <laughs> a whole nother thing coming to you. It is a grueling process where you will be bruised from head to toe. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's probably one of the most physically demanding things that anybody could ever do. In my in my personal opinion, there's so much more that goes into it than meets the eye. And it's something that a lot of people like. I encourage a lot of people to look at it behind the scenes and look at the training that goes into it because yeah. it is not easy. What y'all do and what they do yeah. in this business is not exactly. easy.
2: A lot of people they watch it, they and you know, and then the whole narrative, I'm about to say the F word, the fake word, but the whole narrative on wrestling is that it's fake. Okay, you, but it, okay, you, know, you scared uh, me
0: there for a second because I'm like, wait a minute, which <laughs> word are we talking about here? You know, We're trying you, to stay PG. I,
2: I, I, <laughs> of course you know me i'm not gonna, you know no oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um but you know, you know a lot of people's narrative is that it's fake because you know that's the whole thing but it's you know it hurts it's still yeah. physically demanding it's right. still taking bumps it's a ring is not landing on a mattress of, of, of you know a bunch of clouds and pillows under it and stuff oh, like no. that it's the metal frame with wood and yes there's a little bit of padding but it's it's not like it's you know you're still landing it's on something extremely enough. soft it's like landing.
1: it's like landing on a tissue covered up on top of wood okay the tissue <laughs> to do a whole lot
2: exactly yes and and I've been in rings without padding before and they're not they're not fun I promise you but you know it's just a lot of people sit there and they watch it and they're just fans of it and they're like oh that's easy I can do that you know that's nothing these guys and I thing is like because the guys make it look easy because well they're t- trained professionals right you know, I don't I don't watch any you know, of and to think I'm gonna just jump out there and it's gonna be that easy to do it, exactly. You know, or anything like, or watch, watch a UFC fight and just think I'm just gonna jump an Octagon right away, right? You, know, you watch,
1: you watch uh, go- pro golfers and you see them swing and hit the ball you know, <laughs> three hundred <laughs> yards. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I can get up and just whack a ball three hundred yards. And then you go up there and you whiff it and you dig some dirt oh, out, yeah. and you get some grass out the dirt.
2: Or or like me last weekend, I'm trying to hunt my ball in the water. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, but. But yeah, and that's one thing that, um, because I've had have guys come up for uh, like the tryout or just to talk about training and all. And one thing that, and I tell them straight up, like, they'll say something, oh, I know I'll be able to handle this all. Oh, it's going to be pretty easy. Or, or they, they say it, they may not say the easy, but they'll still say something that's kind of related to them. Like, huh, no, it's not <laughs> the how it's going to be. And I don't, and it's not, and I feel like, and I don't feel necessarily disrespected, but sometimes I'm like, huh, I, don't, I don't respect you saying that. And, you're fisting to find out it's not easy Oh yeah. and I'll push them even harder, you know? And I look, cause cause to one, you know, it's just like, it's like anything that any, any of us do for like what, it, what everybody's jobs is, you know, so you may be, you know, you're really good at what you do. Someone just walks up and say, I'm basically like, I'm gonna do your job better than you do from day one. It's like, no, it's not how it works. You know, I worked my butt off to, and I've trained to get here. So, and it's not just walking up and just doing it. Exactly. So that, respectful. That, that's one that it kills me that with a lot of guys, and I think I always say that you know today's fans and March of the business are a little more like that, that than than we were all those years ago when we first get into it. And a lot of that too is because I think it's just one the way society is, and two, in the way that um just the wrestling business is as a whole and how much. Access well, I there's... think the
1: wrestling business probably is a little bit nicer than it was.
2: Oh, it is, yeah, one
1: hundred percent. You hear it all the time. The the locker room nowadays and you hear all the old guys say it so you can kind of you know a lot of younger people will throw that to the side and be like whatever old guard old dogs whatever but you'll hear a lot of the locker guys talk about how you know it's all palsy wowsy and buddy you know you know hugs and kisses in the locker room whereas you know just twenty years ago you know people would be friends and stuff but it's like everybody fought for everybody else's spot and everybody's you know spot on the card and you know they you know, if you came into a locker room and you weren't respectful and you didn't shake everybody's hand and you didn't, you know, do, you know, do certain things a certain way, you know, you could get, you'd get kicked out of the locker room or you, you know, you wouldn't get to go back to, to the area. You know, nowadays, like yeah. I said, it's, you know, there's probably a lot of bullying and things that are not being done nowadays that people can say that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like they you know, you're not forced to be respectful in today's society, like you were before. And I say, there's, there's, there's some negative with that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's, a, and it's like a thing. It's, a, it's just respect of the business, because if you come into yeah. it thinking that you're going to take someone else's spot, just because you've been watching it on TV and you think, well, I can do that. No problem. Just from running the ropes. And I can tell you this from experience from running the ropes, people think it's just like a soft little bungee cord. That's not going to hurt. Yeah. I remember going back home and seeing bruises on my shoulder blades like they were almost black. Like yeah. it is not easy. Like the simplest of things that people think, well, I can do that. It's no problem. They make it look so easy. It is not easy at all. Mm-hmm. It is physically and demanding and it is going to, it, it takes is. On you. And like I
2: said, in, in, as you train, some stuff comes more, I am going to say easier. Uh, uh, it becomes more natural.
0: Right. Your body, your body it. starts to acclimate to it a little bit more as you get more into Play. it and start doing it more, but still over the years. And then as you,
2: then as you get older, the wear and tear, you start feeling it a lot more. Exactly. Like sometimes I bump just and like I have a mash. I bump, 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 and everything's fine. And then there's other days I take one bump, I'm like, oh, not doing it again, because it just um, it seems like for some reason
0: it hurts more that day. Yeah, I'll and, never forget. Uh, I'll never forget the first day whenever I was in training one time, and this this was before I was at Sweat Academy. I took my mm-hmm. first suplex from somebody, and I made the mistake <laughs> of holding my breath whenever I went oh, yeah. up in the air. <laughs> I remember landing flat on my back, and I just laid there for two seconds, just like. Yeah, and it, uh, and it yeah. happens. It happens, like, and you know, like you know, we we'll
2: teach someone to bump, and you know, tucking your chin and stuff like that. Still to this day, every now and then, you know, all these bumps later, all these years later, I still every now and then, it just it happens, and I bounce my head off the mat. You know, it's just you're in the moment, and you just keep going though. Right. But, but yeah, like I said, when when people come at me with also the idea of of saying that it's fake. You know like I was saying earlier too is like okay you're fishing to learn what it really is mm-hmm. like yes uh punches and kicks, stuff like that we may not be trying to kill you of course right but you're gonna feel it yeah so well, and just like I what you know, said
1: it's just like what you said earlier when the guy the guy tagged you and you know yeah that when you lay a punch in it no the guy's not hitting you with a hundred percent of his trying to knock you it's not a Mike tyson punch that you're taking but he's not mm-hmm. giving you he's not you know if he's doing it right he's hitting you snug and the only reason that that he's not hitting you at 100% is because you're going to be doing that over and over and over again yeah. multiple times you know whether whether it be a month or you know or a week and you know so in order in order to do you know okay so don't take a 100% punch but take a take a 50% punch five times
2: you know it's, and it's every now and then, though, like like last night, it's just sometimes there's a live round that gets through. <laughs> and it just, you just yeah. feel that one, just you know, one out of ten shots, just somehow, you know, that that one, yeah, I definitely felt that one. But um, but yeah, and one thing we're training too is is like I said, is is bringing the next generation and also the guys that um, I can say this that that, that think that it is easy. That it is that is something they can just walk in and do that is like showing them that it's not. And several weeks later, like okay, yeah, this is not what I thought it was at all. And they realize like I actually have to work hard to earn this stuff. And it's like exactly. yeah, yes you do. Yeah. You know, I just don't walk right on in, and next thing you know, you're the main event of uh, WrestleMania. That just doesn't happen. You know, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up. You know, and there's thousands and thousands of us workers out there, and sometimes you're. You know, of course you may never be that guy that gets to the to that, you know, main event spot or even on the roster with WWE or AEW, any major thing. So you just gotta find your spot in the business and
0: make the best of it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and for some people it's different. Like you said, it could be it could be on T V with WWE or it could be on the independent scene. Like I think as far as the independent scene goes, Matt Cardona is probably the best guy on the independent mm-hmm. scene right now. And there's others that we could name and go off on the list, but you know, people find their spot. And even with training, you know, people can either be a wrestler. People can either go into it as a manager or a ring announcer mm-hmm. or referee. You know, not everybody is meant to be a wrestler. Not everybody's meant to be at, on the in the main event somewhere on a pay-per-view on live TV. Everybody I, has I their got, spot. I
2: have a guy that's a manager slash ring announcer. Um, but he does do some of the physical training with us because he, um, he does every now, you know, to be able to take a bump as a manager. Right. Yep. And he does do does do some of the workouts with us, um, and yeah. he's also trained to do referee in just case because you know you're also you got to be willing to be like, hey, we need you to do this today. Right. You know, you never that card subject changed. <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> and then I got another gentleman that was um he's 64 years old, and it's one of those things where this is another one we're talking about the younger generation. There's a lot of guys that are older, like uh um uh, Mr. Tim's his name, and and he I guess he it's like. I always want to do it, but I never thought I could type deal. And he's, he was, which is job and stuff like that, you know, but uh, he's like, before it's too late, I want to give it a shot. He's, I just really want to be a manager. And he's getting to live his dream at 64 years old, starting out. That's and so, nice. so even, like I said, even, uh, I just want to bring, bring around to like, even if it's not just a younger ones, you know, older generation that always want to give it a shot. You know, we can find you a spot. I don't recommend certain ages get in there and taking bumps, you know, Especially, you know, when you're, you know, in your sixties, but I, you know, at the same time, like I said, we can find you a spot, we can find you a place so you can live your dream. And whether it be a manager, uh, a referee, ring announcer, um, production, run a light, something, being just a side interviewer, or I'll lump it up as a a personality, some kind of way, exactly. And like I said, and, and there there's those people out there like that too, so they're more than welcome to come
0: talk to us. And get involved man that's awesome well logan once again thank you so much for being on the podcast with us we've been looking forward to this for a while where can people find you on social media if they want to check you out anything you've got going on um facebook and
2: instagram logan stevens 413 uh look up but i i post most of my stuff on instagram but you can just write it goes right to facebook too um so you can, i i can post all my stuff and all the feds i work with all, um upcoming shows and things like that so Awesome. Uh, awesome. Lo- at,
0: at, at Logan Stevens four thirteen on IGN Facebook. So. Awesome. And where can people find out more information about the Sweat Academy if they're interested in joining or possibly training? Um, the
2: Sweat Academy uh, Pro Wrestling Training Facility of Albany, Georgia on Facebook, and then uh, the Sweat Academy on Instagram. Um, you can find us both on there. Um, also, you could also contact me. You know, uh, also through my Logan Stevens pages, and I can course you'll just talk straight to me <laughs> so um but get you started and, and you can hit us up anytime any time um and the way we do is we normally try to set up at least one day for you to come try out to see what it's like you know because i and to see if you're gonna be serious and and if you are you start coming to training with us awesome and we are making some changes to uh to some of the stuff like i've um recently put in where i'll have just one day a week with nothing but the beginners versus having everybody together all the time so like, so you know, if you're a newbie and you think, like, I'm gonna have to work with people who's been doing it for a while, don't worry. I have one at least one day a week minimum that uh where you have everybody's on the same level just starting out. So you know, and anyone's more than welcome. Uh, guys, girls. Um, the we also do work with younger uh like kids, teenagers, things like that. But now you can't wrestle till so you're a certain age. Um, so always you know. Got to be of age to be able to wrestle, and plus, I'm I'm kind of protective that way. Um, but you can come hang out with us, and there are certain workouts that you know you're allowed to do that I that I run you through, and they're all safe and sound. Parents, don't worry. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but I it's just, and, and another thing about the Sweat Academy in Albany that I like uh, that also with it too is is I don't know how much you know about Albany, Georgia, but um, it uh, I wanted a place too to where people can have a place to come to where they're safe, basically an outreach type deal. Right. Um, cause we have had kids that where, whether they might've been out there running the streets or, or God knows what, you know? And so it's like, so it's also like an outreach ministry aspect for me as well to, to have the doors awesome. open, something like that. And we're, we're hoping soon to, to move into some better facilities and things like that as well. Um, so that way, because I know Cody, you've been there. And, uh, oh yeah, it's it's literally a, basically a shed. Uh, Pretty much. It's it's a small warehouse, is you know, our small corner of a warehouse basically, right. and no AC. That's you know, no no running water. It's just it's a ring in a building, and right. uh, that's actually what what a lot of us had is I train in the backyard, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah, we hope soon you know to have some better facilities and things like that, and it being a um. A cleaner building, air conditioning, and also it. Well, we'll be working with the gym, hopefully. So, everything, all that stuff will be tied together, and you have access to a gym as well. Not only just the the, the wrestling training part. So, right. Um, Isn't yeah, that just crazy
1: when you when you think about this nowadays? Like, I'm sorry, I want to get back to that in just a second, but it just it, it got in my head. Like, you know, wrestling. Whether people want to say whether people want to use the the f word or not, and whether people want to admit whether or not it's a big thing. Uh, we all know that it's over. You know, this yeah. is it's a mult like between WWE and AEW, and you know, weekly revenues and things like that. We're talking about a multi million dollar, you know, hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars a year industry. Yes. yes. And the people that that still that to to get trained to learn, you know, you say you're you're going to you're going to rings with rings with roofs on them. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just crazy. I mean, you think about any other any other sport or any other profession that that garners the revenue that what like what a professional what professional wrestling does. You know that it's it's just uh, it's so interesting to me that you know that that aspect of it really. I mean, as much as has changed, a lot of things stay the same. You know, it's. You know the the if you're committed if you want to go out there you're gonna you, you know there's there's no soft way about it you're gonna go out there you're gonna bump you're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a ring that's you know say it's not gonna be a fancy you know 18 by 18 or 20 by 20 ring you know it's gonna be you know probably mostly just wooden steel and yeah. uh you know by the time you actually get to one of those nice rings it will feel like a quilt top mattress
2: exactly
0: yeah.
2: like there's there's a lot of uh like i guess a lot of people have the idea of um, w's training uh, center, you know, they see that, and or they see um, AEW is the nightmare factory. Um, they yeah. see some other. They, there's a lot. There's some other training facilities out there that are top notch, that that have um, nicer venues and things like that that they train in, and they have even multiple rings and all these other gimmicks and stuff. Those are polishing training. factories. That's not. Not, not everywhere it has, and like I always tell people, like I say, yes, it's training, like Cody. Like I, I'll tell it, tell him, like yes, you come in to train, but it's more of like here, I'm breaking you in and get exactly. you started
0: right
2: and yeah. then once you're at a certain point here and you know okay now go out there into the world and, and you know see what happens and it's up to you to work hard and strive to be better or not
0: right. and I, then I, from that yeah, point so then call you can't like so, go... no no
2: sorry go ahead oh no i was just saying i was just you know basically repeat myself like yes i yes i'm training people but it's like i'm breaking you in that's 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 my job is just to break you in and get you started right
0: and then yeah. from there like you go to these places like say Uh, Pritchard's Academy or or Nightmare Factory or some of these different places like that. And then that's where you start to start building a name for yourself and start breaking into a little bit more throughout the business. But yeah, the Jacobs, the the Jacobs,
1: you know, Pritchard Wrestling Academy over in Knoxville, you know, that that is a pretty amazing facility. I've been there myself. Mm um and and that one is like they'll bring you in you know whether you're completely new you've never taken a bump in your entire life or if you're you know you're going for some of those higher level finesse polishing points and stuff but you know like a train nxt training center or the nightmare factory uh, i mean unless you know somebody you're not going you're not going there unless you're uh, already a all-star athlete somewhere else they're not bringing you in you know to to train so, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, those places do exist, but well, most I'll people are still cutting their most people, I I would say most professional wrestlers, I say even the ones who were at the top of the card were cutting their teeth the way that you're talking about right now and have, you know, Kevin Owens, yeah. Seth Rollins, uh, you know, the guys who are at the top of the of, of the of you know, if we say WWE is is the top mm-hmm. of the mountain product and these guys are the top of the mountain on the top of the mountain and they got started in the same situation as what you're training people in and they say yeah you've got your people who who started off in nxt but i mean those the people who started off in nxt are third generation wrestlers or collegiate athletes uh, yeah or you know olympic athletes
2: exactly they're like they're like free agents getting signed you know right but like and a lot of us, the way, like, like for instance, with me, I, I trained and started working shows and went out and got training other places work. Like I, I've, and even though the territorial system doesn't, doesn't technically exist anymore, like South Georgia wrestling, South Georgia wrestling is different from Florida wrestling. You know, there's a little bit of a uh, different wrestling in Alabama, Tennessee's a little different, uh, the North Georgia, especially around the Atlanta area, that's a little different. The Carolinas is a little different. And, and so there's there's still pockets of the country where the territory aspect and style still exists a little bit, That um and, and that the wrestling style is a little different. And I've went and I've worked with guys from all those areas and try to train with a lot of these guys. I've done a Dr. Tom uh, seminar, I've done um, several of the seminars to, to learn from some of the greats. I've um, done a Bill DeMott one just a few weeks ago. And that was a great, you know, experience and, and really, really like, uh, getting to hear, you know, not only run through the drills with him, but getting here and hear him tell stories and like Dr. Tom Pritchard and them tell stories and just critique things and, and give motivational type, you know, aspects. Cause they're those are guys that done it, you know, they, they rode the roads and, you know, were starving and had to work their way up. So they got to to the top at one point. So you know, and that's what I tell like my tra- trainees now is like, listen, you're here, you want to go further, you have to work at it. And but but also to kind of quote something, doctor that, that um it was Bill Demont that said this. He said that if your goal in wrestling, no matter what it is, if it's just to be the guy that wrestles ten times a year, said you know that's what you want to do. You just want to just uh, that like all you want to do is get trained enough, wrestle ten times a year from one fed around your home area. Okay, fine, as long as you're enjoying it, as long as that's your dream, you accomplished it, you're living your dream. That's fine. He said, but remember to work hard to do it. But I said also, if your goal is to get to the WWE, that's good too. But work hard to get there. And as long as you're trying to live your dream, just remember that once it's all said and done, at least you tried to, you lived your dream for all those years. So, and that's something I tell my guys like, no matter what your idea of what your dream is and where you see yourself, you know, enjoy doing it, enjoy the ride, and be happy doing it.
0: Exactly. If you're not in it for the enjoyment of the business, then. You're you're not in it for the right reasons. You have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but once again, Logan, and I love. Yeah, no, i was I love
2: this business. I was just want to add, I and I absolutely love this business. <laughs> hey, love absolutely,
0: you're, you're talking to two guys that have been fans of it like, ever since we can remember, and so just being able to share that connection with other people, like even even people outside of the business, just getting to share that connection, just be able to see people's store or hear people's stories of how they got into it and how they've been obsessed with it is so much yeah. fun to just hear but once again yeah, Logan, thank yeah. you so much for being on the podcast here with us thank you we're looking yes, forward at some point I, me and john have talked about this and i've talked with you about this we're going to try and come to the academy one day whenever we get come our on. channel up and running and <laughs> i think on. we're going to try and run the ropes a little bit just see how it goes now i have a little bit of an advantage because i've gone through it with you before john is going to be fairly new to it but yeah i think i, I think have a like, lot of
1: insulation that's the only advantage <laughs> i have <laughs>
2: I 'll say Cody uh when he come and trained uh a few times with and he was doing really good um picking up very fast and especially I remember his bumping was outstanding and it was that big man bumping everything was flat everything was solid it sounded good it looked it looked good it looked legitimate and so so Cody there's still to me uh, there's a place in the business for you <laughs> if you're you know if you uh, well, ever decide to get back into it the the you know that aspect of it but, but um I mean, I, and I, I communicate
0: i had a lot of fun doing it and it's something that i thought that i would be able to commit to doing but with just yeah. how things were going on in my life right now i just wasn't able to fully commit to being able to do that but i do see myself yeah. being involved in the business in some way whether it's still doing the podcast here i, I see us doing this podcast yeah. for a long amount of time because it's something oh, you i'm passionate manager. about <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind uh, me adding
1: at this point uh, in my life, if I no longer uh, plan to be Shawn Michaels, uh, I want to be Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Okay. I got it. But you know what's crazy? Wanna,
1: is Paul Heyman was grinding since he was 10 years old in the business. Right. Yeah. Like,
2: of, I'll see. That's what a lot of the guys did. And and I was going to say something on the piggyback of what Cody said, but, I'll go, but I will just add that's what a lot of guys did. They were, you know, photographers or they were ring boys or they were, you know, uh, something just so they could be involved in a business so they could start out. And that's how they got started. Um, But talking about what Cody said was, and I commend you, you know, you, you put, you had your priorities straight and I commend that. And I've actually told at least two guys that's come up and talked to me about, you know, starting training with us and, and I, and I'm not quite exactly what it said, but it's basically like, oh, I'll quit my job. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do all kinds of stuff, you know, and and I'm like, I don't respect that because that means you don't have your priorities straight.
0: Exactly. You know, because.
2: You know, I you know I've even you know I'll leave you know, I, you know, my family this, my family that. I'm like no, 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 because your property's got to be straight. And you, you know, because one, if you don't have a job, how are you going to pay to be? Because it costs money to do this. Exactly, it costs yeah. money to get trained. It costs money for gear. It costs money to get on the road. You don't spend money, and and more often than line not, before you make money. Yes, and more often than not, you're still going to be spending money before you still see some exactly. of the you know the benefits, but. And, and we were talking about this in the locker room last night. Actually, and I was like, because uh, were, we we're talking about guys at training and how a lot of guys have had that that mindset, and they thinking like, and I don't mean this as a shot towards the, the younger dudes saying that, but they're like, they're thinking, I'm a, we're going to respect that because it's like, oh yeah, they, they'll see that I'll do anything to be in the business. But me, I'm like, no, because that means your priorities are not straight. That right. means you're, to, you know, basically your morals are not all the way there. You know, and if your life ain't in order. Then you don't. You need to get your life in order, then come to the business. You know, right. I ain't saying don't ever try it, but don't ever put professional wrestling completely first. It's not like we're making six figures a year out here. Exactly. You know, when you're coming, when you're coming to train at the sweat, you're not making a lot. Six figures a year. So right. don't give up nothing. Because and like me personally, I have I have a family of I have a wife and five children and a full time job and all that stuff like that. So. And I still make the business work for me. Sometimes I have to move stuff around and this and that, but I make it all work. Not everybody can do that, you know, right. but I'm not kicking anything to the
0: side. Right. Yeah. Hey, he it.
1: has five kids too. That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: still enjoying the life with no kids right now, but in the future, maybe. I don't yeah. see myself having five, but at
2: some
0: point. it's but a yeah, calling. Like, not everyone's called. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not everyone's called or prepared. <laughs> what, and, he, he, and the are to not prepared at all at all either <laughs> no. but man thank but, you so
0: much for joining us on the podcast yeah, we man. look forward to working with you in the future we're definitely yeah. gonna try to come up to the sweat academy at some point hopefully when we get our yeah. youtube channel up we can get a little uh segment in where we do some yeah. bumps and run the ropes and everything but once again it's great to have you on here and I all our it. listeners Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Five Star Jobbers. Listen to our other shows as well. We got more coming up. As always, keep it five stars.